0: You're listening to episode 56 with Karen Rauscher, Policy Analyst and Risk Communication Specialist for Corona Environmental Consulting. This episode is brought to you by 120 Water Audit.
1: Hi, this is Kathy Bernardino Bailey, Executive Director of the Greater Cincinnati Waterworks Department. This is the podcast that is demonstrating the power of women in the water sector. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 Duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley.
2: Each year, thousands of hours are spent pulling together the right data to execute drinking water programs. 120 Water Audit software and testing kits are transforming how government agencies and municipalities manage these drinking water programs. Cities like Pittsburgh, Loveland, Colorado, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Fort Wayne, Indiana use 120 Water Audit's platform to execute their lead service line replacement, lead and copper compliance, customer request, and other drinking water programs our software and kits streamline your water quality testing programs centralizing your data so that it's easier for you to meet regulatory reporting requirements and communicate with your customers learn more or schedule a free demo at 120wateraudit.com
1: what we found from a huge portion of americans in 2016 was they really didn't understand the difference between climate and weather Mm -hmm. and we define it as Weather is what you put on that day. Climate is the set of clothes you have in the closet.
0: In our chat with researcher Karen Rauscher, we learned that the majority of people, regardless of where they stand on climate change, just want to know their water utility is prepared. In fact, two-thirds of Americans are willing to pay more today to ensure preparedness in the future. Why doesn't it feel that way all the time? Well, that's because the minority, the 8% pessimists, who don't want their water utility to do anything are oftentimes the loudest. Karen chats with us about some of the key outcomes related to Americans, their attitude towards climate change and the role of water in the conversation. Some of the biggest communication takeaways, Americans lack a general understanding of the difference between weather and climate. So obviously the conversation needs to begin there by explaining that. And that audience segmentation is critical around communicating potentially contentious issues. People don't respond to information the same way, so they shouldn't be communicated with in the same way. We have to engage with people where they're at from the perspective of their attitudes, beliefs, and values. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Karen Rauscher is a policy analyst and risk communication specialist with expertise identifying how to gather, develop, and effectively share complex, uncertain information with a wide diversity of audiences. Ms. Rauscher played a leading role in recent strategic climate change communication and policy focused research for the Water Research Foundation, the Water Utility Climate Alliance, and the Water Reuse Research Foundation, as well as for a broad range of individual water utilities. She brings cutting edge insights to the understanding and application of effective communication and long-term decision-making strategies to address large future uncertainty as well as complex regulatory challenges. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Karen.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: So we actually uh, we first heard of you during a presentation that you gave at the 2018 Utilities Management Conference regarding uh, the Water Resource Foundation study you were part of that was called Effective Climate Change Communication for Water Utilities. Can you give us a little background on that study?
1: Sure. This was work that was funded by the Water Research Foundation and also funding came from the Amer- American Water Works Association. Um, to look at what happens to the conversation about climate change across the nation if you introduce the concept of community water.
0: Awesome, yeah. Your um, the insights that you gave at that presentation were uh, were really exciting for us. So we're we're excited to get to talk to you a little bit more about that,
1: Karen. Oh, great, I'm always excited to share it. <laughs>
2: Well, climate change is a word that some professionals shy away from in certain parts of the country, especially um, while some people are calling climate change a hoax. Um, Did the research back up that apprehension or did it indicate something different?
1: Um, we started this research in 2016 and things were pretty um, polarized at that point and we began by thinking well maybe water utilities don't actually have to talk about climate change or maybe they should use the term global warming or maybe they should just talk about extreme events and we did this um, what we thought was a really great video on um, how extreme events were changing and how water utilities need to prepare for a new set of extreme events. And we used kind of be prepared, the Boy Scout motto, be prepared is kind of our (laughs) driving force behind it. And what we found is by not talking about climate change, we annoyed everybody in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Those people who were behind climate change, which was, all but one we did this in a focus group with 40 people, 40 water utility governing board members and 39 of them heard the presentation and said you or let me tell you the one person first the one person who didn't believe in climate change stood up even though we'd never used the word climate change we never used the term global warming nothing he stood up and said you just told me the climate is changing and i'm responsible and i don't believe this and i'm mad at you and then the other 39 people stood up and said, you didn't mention climate change or the fact that we're responsible and we can do something about it. And they were mad. At us. <laughs> so Talk about it. Our big finding right. was it's important to talk about it and use the word.
2: Yeah. So don't be scared of using the words climate
1: change. Okay. <laughs> exactly. When you um, say the word climate change, you're resonating with more people than you're annoying.
0: There you go. Yeah. And, what we learned in um, is that you kind of have to define the difference between weather and climate and explain that because a lot of times we've heard, well, people bring up like these extreme weather events or it was like twenty below zero yesterday as reasons to say that, as reasons to say that climate change doesn't exist, and then it's almost like you always, just like anything else, have to start from. Square one, because not everyone has all of the extensive research and knowledge that climate scientists have and researchers have. And so just you know remembering the start of the basics and just doing those basic definitions like, okay, what's the difference between weather and what we experience every day and what is actually climate? Like what is it that we're actually talking about?
1: exactly Mm -hmm. what part of the we as part of this research we were able to conduct a nationally representative survey and we did a series of message tests what did people want to know what was what we call the question of critical concern in people's minds Mm -hmm. you know we know from psychological research that we all have this kind of hidden question in our mind about things we're unsure about and we don't even really know what they are ourselves But until that question is answered, we can't engage effectively in the conversation. We basically tune it out. And what we found from a huge portion of Americans in 2016 was they really didn't understand the difference between climate and weather. Mm -hmm. And we define it as weather is what you put on that day. Climate is the set of clothes you have in the closet.
0: Oh, Oh, that's
1: amazing.
0: I love that. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Oh that's my great, gosh. thank you for sharing that yes. one.
2: Like we've had so many conversations with people, especially recently, I feel like, and that's what we were trying to explain is the difference between the two. That is so perfect. I'll yeah. remember that one.
1: Yeah I no longer don't I live in Colorado and the, the um, clothes that I keep in my closet in September aren't cold clothes anymore. I used to have to get my winter clothes out by September and I don't get them out now till November. Wow. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. Wow. And that also, that's an image that, and it's something that people can really relate to, you know, is their clothes and the clothes that they change out for the seasons and how that's changed. So yeah, that's, that's great. Thank you for, for sharing that one with us. Sure. <laughs> so I was amazed to see during your presentation that, uh, 71% of respondents view water utilities as a trusted source of information about how climate change impacts the local water system. So that was right in line with the way they feel about their friends and their neighbors and universities and climate change experts. So that was that was reassuring to see. But I'm mostly surprised because climate change isn't something that water utilities, at least the ones that I've worked for, have really addressed openly like that. So. Did the research indicate if water utilities are prepared to be this source of information? Like, do they have all their facts right?
1: Well, there are two parts of this. One is the question we ask is, you know, who do you trust for community water and climate change? And so that's probably the part that brought in the, the water providers is that we were asking them, who do you trust to, about community water and climate change? Um, and really, we then went out after we got this finding and did research of water utilities across the nation, um, interviewed or did a survey of over 500 water utility professionals, high level professionals, mostly senior management. And they all said, no, we don't know enough. We don't know, we, are, we would love to be your trusted source. Mm-hmm. We're out there working with your community emergency response people. We're out there with your water planners across the community, but we don't have the expertise and the support materials we need, either. Hmm. Okay,
0: so like um, for the water utilities out there, like I, we only recently learned more about WUCA, which, uh, in according to your bio, you have already worked extensively with, and so it was it was really exciting for us to see that there's an organization out there that is supporting climate change initiatives, or research, or ideas, um, education for water utilities. So. Are there other resources out there for those water utilities who are getting more comfortable with embracing climate change that they can become a part of, reach out to, to get more versed in the climate change um, information?
1: Um, I almost hate to say this out loud, but EPA has some wonderful climate change um, resources for water utilities um there's a lot of materials available from the water research foundation but mostly the best thing to do is just for them to start talking about it internally with themselves and Mm -hmm. with their trusted sources who are their utility partners that they like to work with bring it up talk about it and begin to just use the resources that are available there's quite a bit out there
0: perfect
2: well, Karen, I just wanted to know, um, what did the research actually show about how climate change is viewed across different regions in the U.S.? We've had a lot of um, political, you know, for political reasons uh, across the, the nation lately, um, view climate change one way or another. So what is the research actually showing about how we view this?
1: Well, this was funny because we did this research and the research showed that 92% of Americans want their water utility to be preparing for climate change. Even those people who didn't, weren't sure the climate was changing really wanted their water utility to be preparing for any potential changes. And so when we got off doing this research and we started sending it around to the utilities, they all universally said, oh, yeah, that's true, but not in my neighborhood, not in <laughs> yeah. my town. Yeah. So we really drilled down and we did a lot of geographic um, statistical analysis and we found there were only two um, questions across everything that were different um, geographically. And the first is, what is the impact on extreme events in the past? And there we just had big hurricanes and we just had a big drought in the Southwest. Um, And those two regions felt that there was gonna have bigger significant impacts on extreme weather have already occurred than the rest of the nation. Mm. Um, And also for the potential, the same places said, the potential for greater impacts from extreme events. So those were the only two differences. Everything else was exactly the same. They still trusted their water utility. They still were willing to pay. We did willingness to pay questions. Mm. People across the country are willing to pay quite a bit, more today, to ensure that their water utility is prepared for changes in extreme events in the future from climate change.
0: Wow, oh, that's that's interesting. That's great to know um, and to understand better. Um, so when you're a water utility, sometimes you have customers yelling at you about water bills at customer service or at water rates at council meetings. You know, we, we know meter techs that have Literally had weapons pulled on them on on cutoff day So it's no wonder that why do utilities think that the public sometimes hates them and and why that kind of Makes them shy away from engagement and so one of our biggest takeaways from your presentation at UMC was when you broke down the different audience segments um, And we were excited to see that the majority of the public support and actually trust their water utilities as you've kind of mentioned already so we always joke that, hey, only 8% hate us, you know, so that's not that's not too bad. <laughs> and we try and, like, share that as a joke with, like, our, our friends in, in the water utilities. But tell us kind of about what, what the report called the Five Americas for Community, Water, and Climate Change and kind of break down what each of those segments
1: were. Sure. Um, this is an audience segmentation analysis that's um, conducted quite frequently now by marketing agencies, by um, – Um, big companies, because we've begun to understand that not all audiences think the same. And we have developed the understanding that people respond to information based on their attitudes, actions, beliefs, and values. And if we can identify those uh, attributes about people, then we can find groups that do actually respond to information in the same way. And so we found five groups of customers that are um, uh, Americans, really five groups of Americans, that have the same set of beliefs, attitudes, and actions around community water and climate change. And the first is the advocates. This is about one-fifth of Americans. They understand the climate is changing. They understand that America, that attribution to human activity is very clear and straightforward. And they are... Um, what we call the choir. You, the utilities, ask anything of the advocates, they're there at your beck and call, what can they do? Reach out to them and this one fifth of customers is there to help you with your climate change needs. Then we have the, the biggest group, 44%, almost a half of Americans are what we would call community water and climate change supporters. They believe the climate is changing, they think maybe there's some attribution, but frankly, they don't think it's that important or they're not sure they need more information. Um, but they have a very high willingness to pay right now for their water utility to be prepared and a high expectation that their water utilities are, are conducting this work. That's between the advocates and the supporters. You have two thirds of your customers really wanting to pay for planning right now. Then you have 13% of your, um, of Americans who are what we call skeptical supporters. They're really not even sure the climate is changing. They certainly have no belief in attribution to human causes. Um, and they really aren't even sure what their utilities can do. But this group of 13 has an even higher willingness to pay than the advocates. Hmm. This group is very concerned about their community, around their grandchildren, around agricultural needs. So we now have over 75%, over almost three quarters of Americans who are willing to pay right now for their water utilities to be prepared. Wow, hmm. that's awesome. The, The fourth group is defined completely by nothing about climate change. This group is just, we call them the closed wallets. It doesn't matter what the water utility needs, they aren't gonna give it to them. Now this group is defined by having less money um, than some of the other groups, but they're also interesting. This group is the only group that has a statistical significance to buying bottled water. Mm. Wow. So they have some cultural misperceptions about the safety of the water, about what they're getting, but they're defined by other attitudes towards the utility, nothing about climate change. And, of course, the fifth group, the pessimists, this is the group everybody wants to talk about. It's (laughs) only 8%. And we keep going back to this. This is the place you said was so fascinating to you. Really, only 8% of Americans don't want their water utility to be doing anything about climate change. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to talk about it. They don't want anything. This is the group that's mad at you. This is the group that shows up and says, why are you charging me for water when it's a free good? They don't understand the treatment, the distribution, the, all the regulatory requirements. The other really interesting thing about the pessimists is that they, are, um, they meet many of the attributes of conspiracy theorists. They no. believe that there's some government agency out there trying to get to them through, get something over on them about water. Interesting. Yeah. I'm
2: glad that's the same segment. I'm yeah. glad there's not like an additional um, Sixth Americas that's, you know, the conspiracy theorists. I'm glad they're all roped into one. Yeah, we, they're so all we, in it's there. Only, it's only <laughs> 8%. It so really we can is. keep
1: an eye on them, you know? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. The, yeah, the that,
1: most important thing about that group is not to listen to them as a being loud. Even though they are really loud, mm-hmm. they're not the majority in any sense. They're less than 90%.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we really use that. You know, when I when I say it's our biggest takeaway, we really use that when when speaking with water utilities, just to kind of give them that perspective that it really is just that eight percent. And yes, the squeaky wheel gets the the grease or the oil or however the saying goes. But but these are the people who show up at your council meetings, at your public meetings, and cause a ruckus, and that gets. Sometimes elected officials and and um, city management like flustered, and so we've tried to use that message from your presentation to really encourage water utilities, especially directors, to keep an ear out and and if you know, like for instance, if they we we always knew when working in water when there were things rumbling like in next door, or things along there, or in some of the other Facebook groups, and just reminding utilities like use that information. Like don't cause,
2: arm arm your counsel and your management.
0: Yeah. Don't like cause a scare, like go to management or to counsel and say, Hey, look, there's these rumblings going on and next door, this is actually what's going on. This is what we're doing to take care of it. So like you give them talking points so that when these people do show up and they do try to corner the city manager or the elected officials, they feel like they have power through information and they have something to, to say in response that's informed and they don't have to feel like they have to make these knee jerk reactions because they're getting challenged. So um, we've definitely used that, that idea of that 8% to really like help uh, inspire utilities to be more prepared and to kind of like manage those situations better behind the scenes.
1: That's brilliant. One of the things we always recommend for risk communication is that it is a proactive, not a reactive conversation. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you have prepared for the risks that are coming up, you're not going to have to have a big reactive response. Your utility, the governing board members are prepared for somebody being angry. They've already written what they're going to respond. It's going to go very smoothly. And there are some wonderful templates um, on how to respond to misinformation, misuse of information. Um, and it's like sharing, caring, caring. You remember, okay, I'm going to share the idea that mm-hmm. I'm going to connect with caring and that, that you can just remember and teach your governing board members so they can do this quickly on their feet. Yeah, that's good. Sharing, caring. I like that.
2: So, why do you think, in your opinion, why do you think we need to know these audience segmentations, and use them as part of our strategic communication efforts?
1: Water utilities are entering a period of great risk, um, based on great uncertainty and complexity of um, their processes. Used to be that the they knew exactly what conditions were going to meet them from the weather and in their water and demand was their biggest unknown. How is demand going to change? Are people going to want more water? How many people are going to move in? Uncertainty is now around, um, the economic situation. Are we going to have the money we need to do things? The regulatory environment is the regulations going to get stricter and cost us more around, um, consent decrees and different things that are very expensive or are we going to have less and we're going to have more money and our rates aren't going to need to go up mm-hmm. how are my customers going to feel if the rate goes up when am i going to have to talk about it so much and of course the climate is is one of the great uncertainties and complexities and so they just need to talk more to people
2: <laughs> oh preach it lady yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I really like that the research report included a guide to water utilities on how to communicate the issue of climate change. So what are your biggest, uh, what are the biggest factors that water utilities should be considering when communicating to the public about climate change?
1: I think the biggest one is the idea that most people want you to hear the word. Mm-hmm. They don't yep. want you to skirt around it. Mm -hmm. um extreme events are a wonderful um opportunity to move into talking about climate change as climate change comes we're going to be facing severity and magnitudes of drought we haven't seen and here's what we're doing about it it's having their back when we really talked about it a lot um you the public wants to know that you have their back Mm -hmm. that your mission to provide them with safe adequate reliable supplies of water at a um a reasonable rate is still your mission. And you have this within your site. You're looking mm-hmm.
2: at it. Yeah. It's not like we're going to show up in 20 years and everything's, you know, messed up and your community's going, well, why weren't we talking about this the last 20 years?
1: You know, <laughs> right. why, why are we, you know, That's um, right. We've, we've, we've showed 75% of Americans are already there with you. They're already ready yeah. to give you money. Take advantage of it. That's, yeah. Are you sure you need money to do something. This is a message that will increase your opportunity to get that from people or support for unpopular things. Maybe you need a new water supply. Maybe you need desal and everybody hates it mm. or reuse and they've yeah. just gotten stuck on toilet to tap. We'll keep moving them on. And climate change is a message that resonates.
0: Oh, well, I'm glad you brought up um, money and investment because that's obviously one of the greatest challenges right now facing the water industry, especially in uh, regards to replacing and or just repairing and maintaining infrastructure. Um, and for most folks in water utilities, that's kind of the easiest challenge to wrap their head around. That's like the easiest way to help address and ensure public health. It's it's very tangible, it's pipes in the ground. And so those things typically take priority, whereas like climate change is much more complicated and um, as accepted as it is, still seen as very controversial. So what do you say to the water utilities listening right now who are sort of aggressively shaking their heads no to this notion of even beginning to address the issue of climate change in their communities?
1: you know it's not, it doesn't have to be the main reason for replacing your pipes but adding a picture that shows how pipes are breaking from increased freeze and thaw episodes that are going to occur more and more frequently as part of climate change and how this is exacerbating their need to replace pipes that's a message that's going to resonate with your with your customers don't be afraid of that yeah
0: well, we certainly enjoyed learning more about this research. We're excited to learn more about any future research that you're working on. Like, p- please feel free to keep us in your, in your nerd loop. We'd, we'd love to be a part and mm-hmm. to hear more about it.
1: Great. One of the things I would encourage everybody to do is the Water Utility Climate Alliance, WUCA, does a yeah. wonderful training for utilities, and they're doing more and more of these. They'll be doing one at ACE, and That's they have videos awesome. the online. Sign up and take one.
2: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So we're going to get into a uh, wrap up round, uh, round robin question, you know, lightning round. Um, what's your favorite book right now you can recommend to all of us?
1: Oh, I just finished reading The Educator or The mm-hmm. Educated. Um, it's on the top seller list and the top 10 books of the year. And it's very powerful. I recommend everybody kind of stop and take a look at how um, blessed we all are ah, by looking yeah. at someone who has fewer blessings.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. That's good. What's something that you do every day that drives your productivity?
1: Well, um, last time I talked to you, I told you about my yoga routine, yeah. but my new one is that I kiss my four- and two-year-old grandchildren every day. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure
1: the world's a better place in the future. Touch base with those who will be our future.
0: That's oh god, pull out that quote. Yeah, Yeah. that's a that's a keeper. Um, So in our line of work, uh, Ariane and I would, from time to time, come across people who were like, "Eh, "I'm just one person. What difference does it make if I change? It's I'm just one person. I can't make a difference." But We wholeheartedly disagree because we believe that change can be contagious and you never know uh, what your actions may inspire. So what's the one call to action that you're most passionate about that you believe could ultimately change the world?
1: We all have to talk about climate change. We all defer to the people who don't believe. We all believe that if we talk about it, we'll make somebody angry. We have to normalize this conversation and make climate change and a carbon tax part of our day-to-day conversation. And that's the bottom-up solution to creating change.
0: Mm, love it. Awesome. Well, we, um, we're so grateful for having you on and for sharing some time with us today. And um, thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes by signing up for the Water Nerd Newsletter found at the h2duo.com forward slash newsletter you can also find us on twitter and instagram at the underscore h2 duo we share all of our new episodes there as well as in the newsletter so whether we come across your feed or in your inbox be sure to share episodes with your friends family colleagues fellow water nerds help us spread the word we hope you learned something new today got a little inspired or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal until next time remember what one of our favorite quotes says Those who tell the stories rule the world.